0: Okay, we've been enjoying uh, the scriptures that we've been reading through Jeremiah 29 in September read by people who's, who don't speak English as their first language. And I, I think we're going to hear from Abel now. If you're, again, if, if uh, Spanish isn't your first language, then turn with me uh, as an English speaker to Jeremiah 29 and you can follow along. Uh, but let's welcome Abel
1: now. Hola a todos. Eh, voy a leer para todos ustedes. El pasaje que viene del libro de Jeremías, en el capítulo 29, desde el versículo 1 hasta el versículo 14. Y dice así la palabra del Señor. Eh, Después de que el rey Jeconías salió al destierro junto con la reina madre, los criados del palacio, los jefes de Judá y Jerusalén, los artesanos y los cerrajeros, el profeta Jeremías envió desde Jerusalén una carta a los ancianos que quedaban de los desterrados, y a los sacerdotes, profetas y gente que Nabucodonosor había llevado desterrados de Jerusalén, Babilonia. Esta carta fue enviada por medio de Elasá, hijo de Zafán, y de Gemarias, hijo de Ilquías, a quienes Sedequías, rey de Judá, había enviado a Babilonia para presentarse ante el rey Nabucodonosor. La carta decía, Así dice el Señor Todopoderoso, el Dios de Israel, a todos los que hizo salir desterrados de Jerusalén a Babilonia. Construyan casas y establezcanse. Planten árboles frutales y coman de su fruto. Cásense. Tengan hijos e hijas, y que ellos también se casen y tengan hijos. Aumenten en número allá y no disminuyan. También trabajen en favor de la ciudad a donde los desterré, y pídanme a mí por ella, porque del del bienestar de ella depende el bienestar de ustedes. Yo, el Señor Todopoderoso, el, el Dios de Israel, les advierto esto. No se dejen engañar por los profetas y los adivinos que viven entre ustedes. No hagan caso de los sueños que ellos tienen. Lo que ellos les anuncian en mi nombre es mentira. Yo no los he enviado. Yo, el Señor, lo afirmo. El Señor dice, «Cuando se le cumplan a Babilonia los 70 años», actuaré en favor de ustedes y les cumpliré mi promesa favorable de hacerlos regresar a este lugar. Yo sé los planes que tengo para ustedes, planes para su bienestar y no para su mal, a fin de darles un futuro lleno de esperanza. Yo, el Señor, lo afirmo. Entonces, ustedes me invocarán y vendrán a mí en oración y yo los escucharé. Me buscarán y me encontrarán porque me buscarán de todo corazón. Sí, yo dejaré que ustedes me encuentren y haré que cambie su suerte. Los sacaré de todas las naciones y de todos los lugares por donde los dispersé y los reuniré y haré que vuelvan a este lugar de donde los desterré. Yo, el Señor, lo afirmo. Es palabra de Dios. Amén.
0: Amén. Yes, definitely the word of the Lord. Indeed, thank you so much, Abel. Last week and this week in particular, in this little series we've called Exiles, we've been concentrating on verses 11 to 14. Let me just read them to you again now. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you'll call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. We've been looking at how we live as God's people. We're away from all the structures uh, of life and church that have been so familiar to us over the years uh, as, and, and so helpful to us as disciples of, of Jesus, all the normal uh, structures and patterns of church life. We realize now we're not going back quickly. Um, so what kind of people are we to be? Um, we, we've been using this expression through September. We're living from, with new maps as it As it were um, we 're disciples that are outside of the city walls and structures now i 've got a map on the wall behind me here this morning if you could see it close up you'd see it. it's a it's a post-war map of Europe it's not a map you can go by anymore um, it's got the USSR um, it's got Yugoslavia uh, I've got maps upstairs in a book that show Calais belongs to England these are not maps that are very helpful to us uh, any longer and how are we going to live now that we're working from new maps as disciples we're learning that we live for the city we're carrying hope into every sphere of life and education and business. Last week, we saw that we do this as a dependent people. Our responsibility, God tells us, is simple. It's childlike. He says, we've just read it in these verses again, call to me, pray to me, seek me with all your heart. That's what we get to do. And today, we'll look at the other half just for a few minutes, the the other division of labor, as it were. Last week, we saw these things we're responsible for, pray, call, seek, um uh, this week we look at the things that god is responsible for and he says things like this i have plans for you i have a future hope for you i will listen to you i will bring you back i'll be found by you i'll bring you into these kingdom promises These verses are some of the most misquoted, misused, misappropriated verses in the whole Bible. You'll see them. We used to see them on fridge magnets and Bible bookmarks. Now you see them on Instagram pages, but we we love to lift some of these beautiful uh, texts completely out of context. But but we know, disciples, don't we, how we read the Bible in the light of the whole of the scriptures, uh, in the light of the whole big story of, of the Bible. We know we can apply the principles from these verses to our lives, even if the specific intention of these words that Jeremiah wrote were uniquely for a people who were in exile in Babylon. That's not our situation, of course. But the same God who says here in these verses, seek me and you'll find me. He still says to us today through Jesus Christ. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask and it will be given to you. I'll I'll listen. I'll find you. I'll act. Uh, And so just for a few minutes before we pray together, I I want to do a a very simple Bible study on plans. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I've just got four ways in which the Lord works through plans. And then we'll pray together. The first way is that we've, as we've said, we've got a different set of plans now if there was a message for this morning it will be with a kind of nod to star wars these are not the plans you're looking for these are not the plans you're looking for isaiah 55 and another beautiful uh, uh, prophetic uh, verse verses eight and nine the lord says for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are my ways your ways declares the lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts Proverbs 19, 21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose, the Lord's plan that prevails. We had plans at the start of this year. We had a, a map route that we thought we would be following. Uh, life has not turned out as we would thought. Anyone here whose life has turned out in the first nine months of this year as they thought it might, then, hey, um, you can come and take over now, please, because the rest of us don't know what we're doing. And life is like that. The Bible's full of stories like that. I was reminded again this week, Joseph, as a young man, had these prophetic dreams that spoke about the authority and the leadership gift and call that God would put on his life. But then he was taken down into Egypt as a slave uh, and, and then falsely accused and then in, in before he came out into his time of influence. I was thinking of David. Who, who had this uh, call and anointing to be king and yet finds himself carrying cheese to the front line where his older brothers are fighting or supposed to be fighting against the, the Philistines. Uh, and uh, David, that day, he just takes the cheese sandwiches to his brothers and finds himself later that day becoming the champion, fighting uh, Goliath. That wasn't what he expected as he buttered the sandwiches that morning. Or maybe Daniel in the exile Uh, Life didn't turn out as he had thought. Esther, uh, taken into the king's service. Nehemiah, positioned as a cup bearer to a pagan king, but destined to build walls and build a city. What were our plans again? Last week, uh, Kaz and I were walking along the, the River Ada. We're trying to do the South Downs Way in little chunks, and we did a part of the South Downs Way last week that took us onto the River Ada. We got a little bit lost, and I, I looked afterwards on Strava at the, uh, at the route that we walked, and you just see these incredible changes of direction as we walked along a river. If you've ever walked along any river, it, it, it just kind of meanders. They loop around. They go backwards and forwards. It seems to take a long time to get anywhere. I, I guess as we look at our lives, we recognize, wow, things have not been as we thought, but God is doing something. He has plans to do something. Along the way, we are not a means to an end, brothers and sisters. He cares about His people. He's shaping our hearts and our character along the journey as we walk with Him and as we trust Him. Of course, we don't always understand the the twist backs and the slowdowns and the apparent shutdowns that God sometimes uses. We're so often confused when, when things don't go by the map that we thought we were following. Again, the people of Israel, they came out of Egypt. Yes, we're going to the promised land. Oh, 40 years in the wilderness going backwards and forwards. The people here we've been studying in Jeremiah, they thought they were coming back quickly to Jerusalem, but they were brought for 70 years of repentance in exile. Or maybe like John the Baptist who started so well, but found himself in in prison under Herod and sending a message to Jesus saying, hey, are you really the Messiah we should expect? or, Or should we look for someone else? Or perhaps you, I remember our friend Danny preaching uh, not so long ago about the men trudging along on the road to Emmaus. They're walking with Jesus, but they're thinking, hey, things didn't turn out as we thought. Maybe the Apostle Paul, who's longing in his heart to get to Rome and encourage the believers there and then on to Spain. But the way he gets there is to be imprisoned by Herod to appeal to Caesar in order to get put on a prison ship to Rome. And while he's on that ship, he gets shipwrecked and he plants a church on a beautiful Mediterranean island all before he gets to Rome. I had a phone call earlier this week with uh, our, our dear friends, Richard and Rachel Bailey. We're going to be praying with them tonight, amongst other things, for the church plant in Banbury. Kaz and I sat down with Richard and Rachel over two years ago around their dinner table to hear about their excited plans to plant a church into Banbury. Let me just tell you now, this is for free, that the way that we are planting a church in Banbury, it's not the way we expected to do it right now. And yet here Richard and Rachel and the family are, they're learning, they're growing, they're trusting. God is doing something along the way. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So brothers and sisters, I just want to encourage you, however old or young you are this morning, whether you're used to some of these twists and turns or whether it's hitting you for the first time, just keep walking with Jesus. He's got plans for his kingdom and plans for our hearts. They may not be the plans we're looking for. We we don't always go in the straight, direct lines that we would draw. We're not on Roman roads here, but he wants us to be different men and women and boys and girls by the time we get to where we're going. Let me hear an amen, please. Yeah, amen. So secondly, these are not the plans you're looking for. Secondly, they're plans for our good and not for our harm. Um, We've often taught over the years on on how to handle pressure. When we teach on pressure, we'll we'll say there there are three kinds of of pressure that we can endure and understand. The first is a pressure from God. When God puts us under pressure, it's to shape us. He disciplines those he loves, his children. Sometimes it's really painful and hard, but it's always with love. It's always with a with full of hope. And, and so we do as the scriptures say, when it's pressure from God, we humble ourselves under his mighty hand. We submit knowing that in due time, he will lift us up and strengthen and restore us. There's pressure from God. Secondly, there's pressure from Satan. That, that's a pressure where there is never any hope. He, he intends to steal, kill, and destroy. We don't patiently endure this kind of uh, pressure from Satan. We don't thank God for it. We refuse to submit. We utterly reject it. We resist the devil, and he will flee. And then thirdly, pressure from God, pref- pressure from Satan, and there's self-imposed pressure. Uh, I don't know if I'm... If I'm Every morning, say, I'm so tired right now. Am I under some kind of attack? And then I realize, oh, no, I've, I've been watching, uh, I've been drinking a bottle of red wine every evening and watching a Netflix series till two in the morning. I, I'd, I, can I blame God for that? I'd love to blame the devil for that. But this is self-imposed pressure. I can do something about that. The, the, the answer to solving that particular issue is in, in my hands. So in times of pressure like these, we're always seeking to discern with the Holy Spirit's gift of discernment. Where is this pressure from that I'm under right now? How do I react to it as a disciple? We discern by who we know God to be. And what does this scripture tell us? It tells us, I've got plans for your good and not for your harm, or not to bring disaster, or not to destroy, uh, as the Hebrew words have a a sense of. God will never harm those he loves, disciples. How, How can the good shepherd have plans to harm his sheep? How can the Savior who who's leaves the 99 in safety to go after the one lost sheep suddenly wake up one day and decide, hey, do you know what? I can live with 99 out of 100. That's not a bad return. That's not the way he works. Disciples, in this time of pressure, remember what we know of the character of God. We come to a Father who's good. He'll never harm us. He doesn't devour us. He protects. He nurtures. He heals. He restores. Uh, Another one of my favorite passages in Jeremiah is the promise, I will restore health to you and heal your wounds, says the Lord. That's who he is. And so even in times of hardship, we can find and hold on to this promise that's embedded in his character. Plans for our good, not for our harm. Romans 8, 28. And we know, say we know, we know. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So if God is working right now in this chaos, then for faithful disciples, it will not be a disaster. It will not bring harm on us. We don't have to be under fear, even though we face hugely difficult situations and may do for some time. Hey, may the Holy Spirit help each one of us discern what we submit to for a little while as we grow in God. May the Holy Spirit help us to discern what we actively resist and say no to. Um, and may the Holy Spirit help us discern what's in our hands to do something about. James 4, 7, 8 says, submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. It, it's so resonant of Jeremiah 29 that we're looking at today. I, I, I won't harm you. I'll hear you. I'll listen. You'll find me. Oh, hallelujah. The third type of plans we'll look at just briefly. Uh, God has plans and specific assignments for his kingdom that he has prepared for you and I. Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's workmanship. We're God's handiwork, the old translations say. I I, I love looking over Cassie's shoulder at Facebook and seeing Lydia Baker's amazing crochet and creative skills. What what handiwork skills, what amazing, unique, bespoke hand crafting. The scriptures say that's true of your life and my life. We are God's handiwork. There's a master craftsman. In heaven, who is knitting together our lives and his purpose and his plans. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Take a look around right now on the Zoom or whoever's joining on Facebook. For us to do, God's given us good works. I think without the walls coming down of our city over the last few months, without these new maps... We we would never have found ourselves living out some of the plans and purposes of God in the way that we are. I don't know those of you who are with us in our weeks of prayer and the run up to 2020, even in our January days of prayer and fasting, we were praying, one thing we were praying specifically was, God, would you shape in us a much clearer mercy ministry, a work for the poor with this church in the town. Boy, has God done that remarkably but not in the way we expected. Uh, I think many of us are walking in in these new, bigger plans now uh, with the initiatives like Love Your Neighbour with other churches. Many of you just acts of kindness and mercy with neighbours and friends. Some of you, I know, serving and helping with other charities around the town. Why is that? It's because God has planned in advance these kinds of kingdom initiatives specifically around your life and my life. I think even our 2020 giving, and we're coming up soon to our third and final gift days. Five years ago, God whispered in our ears um, about giving away 60,000 pounds this year. Why was that? It's because God prepared in advance good works for us to do in Crawley and beyond. Now we see some of what that was all about. So number three, God has plans and specific assignments in the plans that he has for us. And number four, finally, before we pray, these are plans that bring us a Future and a hope. What amazing words they are. For the believer, the future is pulled into the present. That's my signature disco move there. Have you got that? Pulled into the present. Uh, that's how it is for the believer. We are a now and a not yet people. This is a biblical future hope. We're talking about, we're not just kind of hoping things will get better on their own. I've heard politicians this week saying, hey, hopefully by Christmas or by the spring. Wow, I've got lots of gratitude to politicians of all colors and scientists right now. But it's a vain hope that they're speaking based on optimism right now. But for disciples of Jesus Christ, the scriptures say we carry a sure and certain hope that's rooted in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Uh, The Bible says it's a hope. That will not disappoint. That's what true hope does. It's the one reason right now that I can get up in the morning and I can quiet my anxious heart. Psalm 62, I think it says, uh, says, let my heart be still like a weaned child. That's what I'm trying to do right now. It's only hope that enables me to do that. It's only hope that enables me to worship God each morning right now. I've got no reason to hope in the present realities. If I listen to the news first, I let fear into my heart. But no, the future hope of God's kingdom breaks into my presence and reminds me, oh yes, God, you're still on the throne. You're still working out your plans. Your story's not finished yet. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17 reminds us that one of the plans of God is for us simply to be daily, happy, grateful, contented worshipers who pray. Did you know that was one of God's plans for you? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17 puts it this way, Rejoice always, pray continually. How are you doing with that right now, believer? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. This is God's plan for you in Christ Jesus. This is plan. And and this kind of thanksgiving is the doorway to enabling future hope to enter my heart and your heart again. Again, it's why our devotional times are so important at the start of uh, of of the day. Um, some of us are getting ourselves out of God's plan for the day within minutes of just waking up in the morning. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's plan for you in Christ Jesus. He's got a plan to bring future hope into your day today. For the exiles that Jeremiah was writing to, it was a promise of future hope that was for them 70 years away. It was distant. But he said, listen, I've heard your cry. I'm promising you I will bring you back. If you turn over a few pages, maybe read them for homework into Jeremiah 31. Again, he says to them, you've, you've, as he does in Jeremiah 29, where he says, plant and build. He says, kind of looking back, you've planted and built here, but you will plant vineyards and build houses again in your homeland. He says, the ones I've scattered, I'll gather again, I'll shepherd. Your sorrow will turn to songs of joy and dancing and celebration. You're going to relate with God on a new basis. Your sins are going to be forgiven forever. It's a promise that they are not lost. They're not forgotten. They are a found people. 1 Peter sums it up thousands of years later when 1 Peter 2.9 says, looking back to the cross of Christ and all that that's accomplished, you are a chosen people, a holy nation a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. We are God's very own possession. And so as we sum up and come to pray this this morning, obviously our situation is not the situation of those exiles, But the hope is the same and the promise giver is the same. And the comfort we draw from coming near to God who finds us and leads us into his plans is the same. He's still the good shepherd of his people church. He's still the one we can lean into in these days where our plans have been crossed out many times and our maps seem to make no sense to us. He's still the one who we recognize is working in us and will bring us through to safety. The Lord has brought us safe thus far and he will lead us home. He's still the one, even though you struggle, even though you may still be on furlough, even though there may be pressure on your work or your business or paying the bills, he's the same yesterday, today and forever. I will find you. I will listen to you, says the Lord. And one day he's bringing us into this ultimate hope, the living hope that that rises in our hearts on dark mornings like this one. A hope that will never perish, spoil or fade. I hope that Jeremiah 29 and Jeremiah 31, it's it's bigger than that. It's, It's not just about a return to the homeland. It's not just about us getting back to meeting at the church building. It points us to the work of Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his pouring out of the spirit. The gathering of a new church community, the scattering of that church into the nations to make disciples everywhere. And the promise in Revelation that one day this new community from every language and every ethnic group will gather again around the throne of the exalted, victorious Jesus in the new heaven on earth. And finally, we'll be home. Finally, all of our exiles will be over and all our tears will be wiped away. That's where this promise in Jeremiah, that's where it carries us, beloved. Takes us right to Revelation 21:3. Now the dwelling place of God is with man. He will be their God. They will be his people. We can live with faith and confidence, friends. In the meantime, whatever our circumstances, I've got plans to give you a future, plans to give you a hope. Not our plans. (laughs) plans for good, not for harm, plans prepared in advance, plans infused with this future hope. We we can't do this, disciples, but these things, oh, thank God, they are his responsibility. Our responsibility, simply to call out, to come to him, to seek him. We get to hold on tight, and he gets to work out this wonderful story before our eyes, work in our hearts as we just walk with quiet, dependent trust in him as you seek him you can trust him so completely his plans for your good his plans full of hope and a future he's listening to you as you call out in this this final few days of the week of prayer and even if there are darker days ahead god's still going to listen we will find him we can be confident of this that he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it until the day of jesus christ these are the plans we get to hold tight to, disciples. Will you, will you pray with me? Can I just ask you to get up out of your seats and stand? I'd, oh, I've, I just felt that on my heart this morning. Again, if, if we were at our church building today, I'd be saying, hey, do you want to meet this, Jesus? Come down to the front with me. Let's lay hands on one another now. Will you just stand with me? If your heart is broken for many things like mine is, but just sensing something of this hope, this living hope today, just lift your hands and respond. To the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You love us. You hear us. You're close to us now. You're lifting up the bowed down. You're binding up the brokenhearted. You're singing over the fearful. You're whispering love into us. Oh, thank you. We don't have to bring our requests with anxiety, Lord, but even where we do, you know our hearts. You love us. Oh, thank you. We can have a quiet confidence, whatever the, whatever the circling around and the switchbacks and the setbacks. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe there's just one or two here that are coming to Jesus for the first time this morning. Maybe you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube. Maybe you've never put your life in the hands of Jesus Christ. We call him the savior because he saves us from our sins and he saves us from, from our own self-leadership of our lives. Will you give him your life this morning? Will you turn to Jesus? If that's just for the one or two that are watching that aren't yet following him. Just begin to pray now and offer yourself to Jesus, put your life in his hands. Yeah. And those of you who are disciples of Jesus, young and old, just begin to say thank you to Jesus. Come on, you can pray out. No one else can hear you. Maybe one or two in the house around you if you're with others. Lord, thanksgiving. I want to lay my plans before you with thanksgiving. I've only come with fear. I've not even been able to speak some of it because I've been so afraid. Lord, would you just come into my heart now, my job, my my children, my hopes, our finances, this church family, our relationships. Lord, I put my plans back in your hands. I can't, I can't carry them, Lord, but you can. Yeah, some of you maybe just want to ask the Lord for discernment regarding the pressures you face. Help us to pray, Lord. Help us to know what we submit to you in and what we resist in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you flood us with hope of your goodness? Would you deliver us from harm? God, this week, would you lead us in more assignments, more good works you've prepared and planned in advance for us to do here in Crawley. Even now, as we pray, Lord, would you put people and situations on our hearts? Lord, radical acts of generosity, kindness, maybe an encounter where we shared a story we heard Carlo bring or Trimaneisha's story, maybe an opportunity to pray for someone who's sick or bring some of this hope into someone else's life. And Lord, would you flood us with this future hope in our hearts not just not just for when we meet again but this this big ending of all exiles would you put that hope in our hearts to sustain us today and in the days ahead oh church family beloved you're called beloved we're a people that belong to god and belong to one another wow we're just going to put a song on now you you may not know it but uh, can i just encourage you it's so easy just to switch off um and think about the next thing think about dinner in the oven Can i just ask you let the words of this song minister to you maybe you want to get on your knees maybe pray in the spirit maybe use the gift of languages but just pray if there's someone with you in the room grab them and say can i pray with you maybe you even want to call someone and say can i pray with you now while this song's praying that's okay let's let's do our own ministry time here shall we just for three or four minutes god bless you